Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. Psalm 25, verse 8, New Living Translation. And I want you to pay attention to this because all that we're going to read tonight has to do with your situation. It's important that before we start teaching tonight that you have in mind the particular thing that Satan has been using against you. I want to remind you that the Bible says concerning the enemy in Ephesians chapter 6 that he's very organized in his strategy. When you th- if you were to think of, of the complicated ways that the enemy goes about to ruin a life, about how organized he is, about the fact that he was created by God as a covering cherubim, that he knows how God operates. He basically, um, is, he's, though he's in the angelic class, he was one of the top-ranking angels, and he has at his disposal a host of wicked spirits. To just to think that if you could see up in the atmosphere, it would be just black with demonic activity. It would scare you if you weren't thinking about the Lord. To think that you have to get through that somehow to get to God or to make it through life or to succeed at anything you're doing. That your children are up against a host of demonic forces. And, when, and it takes, imagine this, imagine that in the body of Christ, the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, that God put the teacher in the church as a, a spiritual gift. An educator is what a teacher is. Why would God have a spiritual gift that he called educator? You got it? Because God's people have to, have to learn, and it's not as so simple as picking up your Bible and reading. I, I am, some of the most wicked people to me in the world today are the people who try to disconnect sheep from shepherds. Amen. And try to tell them that you could do this by yourself. You don't need, you don't need a man. Th- that level of foolishness is getting people destroyed spiritually. Yes. You got it? It's bad enough you say, well, I know him, he's no good. You know, the interesting thing about it, he's no good, but his gift works. You got it? And sometimes what happens is, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. If he's not teaching false doctrine, you better hear what the man of God is saying. Amen. Notice it's important that God set these gifts for a purpose because he understands what we're up against. The Bible uses different words. Noema in, in the Greek is a word that talks about the, the way the enemy t- uh, thinks, the way he goes about doing things. Um, another word, wiles. The Bible speaks of the wiles of the devil, or his devices. And then we read this scripture. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Now, just flip to the King James Version. I want to show you this because when people sin against the Lord, we want to kill him. We want to write him up. But here's what the Bible says. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he will do what? Out loud, he'll do what? So, so, so God is an instructor of sinners. When a person goes off track, God is not trying to... The first thing we think about is God's trying to judge them. No, God is trying to get instruction to them. They need to be educated. You got it? They need, they need to be instructed. So go back to our New Living Translation. To teach sinners in the way, and it goes on to say, uh, go, go to verse 9. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Verse 10. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Now, that's a, I, I like that the, they chose the word demand and not command. What God does is that he makes demands of us based on our faith. Now, you ever heard the, the, the scripture that says faith without works is dead? Here's what people don't know. Uh, the, the, the promises of God 
are designed to create hope in us, which, which is the, the uh, birthing place of faith. But now when God gives us commands, he's telling us, if you do these things, you got it? These, these commands that he gives us, these are the works that are correspondent to the faith. So when God tells you to forgive someone, okay, if you have faith that God is going to make what they did to you right, that God is going to turn it for good, then you got to forgive. Amen. Why? Because forgiveness is the corresponding action to faith in that situation. How many of you believe that God is going to prosper you financially? Well, you have to give. And you have to be a tither. This is part and parcel of how God does what he does. You can't have faith for increase and don't give. So giving is the corresponding action for, to, uh, to faith for increase. Uh, um, the Bible talks about, go back to this previous verse for a minute. I want to show you something. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Everybody say his way. Yes, God has a way of doing things that's different from a man's way. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ways, I mean the end there rather, are the ways of death. You do things your way, you cause things to die. Go back to verse 10. So the Bible talks about now uh, um, the Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Look at verse 11. It says, for the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Now, the person that's writing this knows God. They have a relationship with God, but they just confess that they don't just have sins. They have not just many sins, but what? Many, many sins. They're saying that, listen, I, I, I can't get this thing right to save my life. Isn't it interesting that you could tell from, from the way it's written that the psalmist loves the Lord, but he still is struggling with many, many sins. Right. The same could be true for you if you don't understand what the devil is doing. You could love the Lord with all your heart. I just love Jesus. I mean, weeping and worship and all of that. But you could still be trapped in a cycle of sin. Now watch this now. Verse 12. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. Now, here's the thing. He shows you the path, but you got to do what? You got to choose it. The thing with a lot of people today is, this, this, this is again, it's complicated. I use that word a lot tonight. It's complicated. It's that the Lord, number one, is trying to show you the path, but because of the way your mind works, you don't see the path. The second issue is you see the path, but you don't think the path is good for you. The third issue is you see the path, you know it's good for you, but you don't trust to walk down that road. For whatever reason. Complicated. Look at this. Verse 13. They will live in prosperity. Their children will inherit the land. Verse 14. The Lord is a friend to those who what? Let me quickly. The word fear here is a word that means reverence. It's a word. um, I think it's yare. Y-A-R-E. In the Hebrew it means to to show respect for. Although... Although you, you may be caught in, a, in doing something wrong, your heart never settles in it. You ever been there where you do, it's wrong, you know it's wrong, and you're just not comfortable with it because you have so much respect for God, you have the fear of God? The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. Look at verse 15. Everybody read this with me. My eyes are always, uh-huh. And that's the word I want to deal with tonight is the traps of the enemy. If you were to go through the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is replete with examples of the things that are traps. The Bible uses in King James the word snares, a snare. Um, so much so, this, this, uh, the enemy sets traps for God's people so much so um, that God in, in his covenant have a, has a built-in promise to deliver us from the enemy's traps. Satan sets so many traps 
that God has to deliver us. Now, I want to show you a couple of scriptures to go along with this. I'm going to give you just a whole bunch just to bring you up to speed. The 91st Psalm, verse 3, uh, says, For he will rescue you from every, what? Trap and protect you from every, from deadly diseases. Now, read this with me out loud. Come on. For he will and so, so when the Bible says every trap, it, it seems to indicate there's more than one kind of trap. All through your life, as you walk through life, you're going to be running into traps. Even now as we speak, you came tonight. And the very reason, the very fact that I'm speaking this lesson tells me that someone is caught in a trap. A trap by definition is an access point or an entrance that has no exit. It's designed to catch you and hold you. You got it? So you have to understand that some of us are behind pace on what God wants us to do because we've spent days, weeks, months, maybe years in a trap. And many of these traps, you have to understand how the enemy works. When it comes to a trap, the complication of trying to free yourself from a trap without hurting yourself is what keeps people trapped. Because many times the animal wants to escape the trap. It's just that he can't get out. And you've heard of stories where a person, was caught, his hand was caught under a rock, and he just simply took a knife and cut, cut his I couldn't do it. I'd have stayed right there until someone came to get me. I'm not going to cut off my own arm. I'd have died right there. But some people do that because they could, they could negotiate. Well, I, I lose an arm, but I, I save my life. You got it? So some people have an amputation mentality where they can just cut something off, off and go on. Others of us can't do that. And if you don't have the mentality where you could cut off something to save something, you, that means you can spend your whole life in a cycle. Now watch this. Go to the 103rd Psalm, verse 4. I'm just showing you. It says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with Love and tender mercies. Now, give me the King James because I want to show him a word. This is important. He redeemeth thy life from what? Come on, I say that word out loud, everybody, from destruction. The word destruction, literally in the Hebrew, is the word pit. A pit. And, and uh, the, the Hebrew word that descri- describes destruction is, is talking about, I'm running along in the jungle, and imagine all of the, 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 uh, the terrain looks the same, but what the enemy has done, he's dug out a ditch and covered it over with, with stuff that looks like the rest of the terrain. So I'm running through the jungle, walking through the jungle, and I step on a, 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 a trap that's designed for me to fall into it. The damage is, is, is terrible. First of all, I'm traumatized because I'm now I'm afraid to take steps. I'm in the pit. I'm wounded from the fall. But even if, it, if God fishes me out, now he has to deal with the fact that I don't, I'm, not, I'm not so confident taking steps anymore. You see this? So the Bible says that God, when he redeems my life, he buys my life back from destruction. And then he crowns me with his loving kindness and tender mercies. That means after he, after he gets me out of the pit, he saves my life from this trap. Now he has to literally follow me around and love on me and protect me and even protect my, my company and my relationships. So there's some relationships you can't get involved in because God is protecting you from certain kinds of people right now because you can't handle everything. I'm going to say something that's really weird. There's some people that love you too much. God said they, you can't, they can't be around you. Amen. You know why? They will carry you for the rest of your life. You never learn to walk again. You won't fulfill purpose. Now, look at, look at Psalm 35 and verse 7. And just jot these scriptures down. I want to go, I'm trying to catch up on something. I did them no wrong, but they laid a trap for me. 
I did them no wrong, but they what? Look at the second part. But they did what? They dug a... Come on, out loud. They dug a what? They dug a pit to catch me. He says, now this, the enemy is setting up, uh, because of of his hatred for God, he, he, he dug a pit for me. He set a trap for me. And the thing about it is, this says what I'm about to tell you. You say, well, Pastor, I, I see them coming. No, we don't. Because God taught Samuel a very powerful lesson. He says, Samuel, the man that you think is the next king of Israel, he's not the king. He said, because this is the thing. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, and that's your problem. Satan sets traps based on the fact that we are prone to judge things externally. He knows if it looks like the thing we want, we'll go for it. He knows that. So we judge, we, we, we say that that's that because it looks like that from the outside. And really it's not. It's just something that, that he designed to look like the thing we want. And all he needs from you, he needs you to access it and get in. Because once you get in, that's when the trap springs. It's hard to get out. Okay, now watch this. So, so you basically got this lesson up to this point. In Jeremiah 33, and this is a scripture my daughter posted on last night. I don't know why she did it, and, and the, I think, well, now I know, but it's just, it was just not like her to do it. And God knew it would get my attention because I don't play with my children on social network. My kids on social network, I want to know, know who they're talking to, what they're talking about. You know, uh, you know one, of my, one of my young ladies was on there cussing when I said, hey, I didn't know we talked like that. I'm just quoting the words to a song. We don't do that. Yes, sir. By the way, do you cuss? Only when I get mad. Okay, carry on. I'll deal with that later on. Now, I want to show you this. Jeremiah is, has prophesied the doom and the fall of Jerusalem. And, and please bear with me because I'm teaching you something. You may not get excited tonight, but you, your head will be stimulated. You're going to learn some things. Because right now, you don't need me exciting you. you, you your situation is so complicated that once, one false move and you damage yourself. One false move and you're staying there. One false move and you trigger, you set the bomb off. One false move and your kids hate you because you're going to catch 22. If you make this move, this person will, will get mad. You make this move, that person. So you, you don't know what to do. It's so, say the word, complicated, complicated, complicated. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. 
prayer at first was a struggle because you know it, it really takes faith to pray you have to you have to trust that God is like a person he's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer in this book you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him yes. pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Look at this. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the Lord gave him this second message. This, now, I want to I address this. Jeremiah's prophesied for all these years what God is going to do. God sent him to prophesy. And at the end, we're coming to the end of his, uh, his ministry uh, to Jerusalem. And now he's in jail for the stuff he prophesied. And he's thinking to himself, wait a minute. I did everything that God told me to do. And he's wondering, is, is God, has God gone back on his word? Did God set me up? Have you ever been in a situation where it seems like when you did what God told you to do, things got worse? And, and it seems like the enemy is using the fact that he could bank on you to do the right thing to do you wrong. Y'all, y'all ain't talking to me. Huh? The enemy knows that he can, he, with one thing he knows for sure, I'm going to do this to them because I know how they, they're good. They, they will forgive me. I say he, he, that's a kind person. I know if, if, if I come and I talk to him, he's going to lend me the money. Just kind like that. I know how she is. She'll give me her last. The enemy would set a trap for you, banking on your goodness, banking on your, your fear of the Lord, banking on your relationship with God. And it seems like when you get into those situations, you say, but God, I did what you told me to do. What's going on? And God goes, it's um, complicated. <laughs> it is a trap, but it's complicated. Let me show you. This. So look at verse 2. This is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it. Now, this is an interesting reading in that. That's, it's so interesting. Uh, God, literally in the Hebrew, here's what God, uh, the, the scripture says. This is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth and formed it so it would be, it would be established. In other words, I made the earth in, in, the, in, in a kind of way where it won't just be here today and gone tomorrow. That's how God, that's how God comes onto the scene in this uh, text. He says, this is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Look at verse 3. This is interesting. Now, give me King James because this is so interesting. I want you, now, when I ask you to read, please open your mouth because I want to hear this on the tape. I want to hear you reading. Ready? Out loud. Call unto me. Uh-huh. Now, God said, that scripture was sitting on my timeline last night. I, I watched it and I went, hmm, this child does not post scriptures. And why is that scripture so familiar? Some years ago, I did 52 consecutive teachings um, on prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just amazing teaching. How many of you were here for that on prayer? Every Tuesday night, we come to prayer. I do 52 weeks. I did 52 straight weeks of teaching on prayer. And I'd seen that scripture before, so I, I went out and looked it up. And when I saw it, immediately, two words jumped right off the page. Two words. How many of you can guess what words they are? What are the words? No. Great and mighty. 
When Satan wants to rob you of your excitement for life and your hope of a better future, he uses the weapon of complication. He weaves a web of trials and troubles so confusing that it seems like there's no way out of your mess. He sets up his trap based on blindness. He needs you to be blind. He needs to dim the lights in your life enough where you can't make out what things really are. He needs to cover some things up, hide some things in the back. He needs your heart not functioning at 100%. He needs your mind distracted. He needs you fatigued and tired. He, you see what he wants to do? He wants to use every asset that God gave you against you. He needs your gift functioning. So if, you, if you're a thinker, he wants you overthinking. If you're a feeler, he wants you overstimulated. He's, he's trying to work your last nerve, and he, he's patient. He will work through this thing until he gets you where he wants you, and then by the time you turn to solve the problem, there's so much problem. There's more problem than there is mental faculty. Watch this now. There's, 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 more, there's more situation than there is relationship with God. There, there's so much going on that you resign yourself to, I guess I just do this. Or I won't mess with it now. I'll deal with it later. And it gets you to the place where you are so frustrated. Then you go to deal with it in the wrong spirit, using the wrong tools, with the wrong mentality, using the wrong words. And you're doing it man's way, not his way. And then, watch this now, it, it makes it even more complicated. And when you get tired of trying to deal with it, then you sit down again and say, this can't be fixed. Then you come to church and something happens like Sunday, you get stirred up in worship and you say God can do anything and you go use your faith because you want an immediate fix and you don't realize that complication is not often fixed in a moment. Because it has to be unraveled. It has to be untangled many times. And when complication is fixed in a moment, we call that a miracle. So here's what the Lord says. We're going to get to the scripture in a minute. I just wanted to show it to you. But can I show you some other scriptures? Are you with me? Okay. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're coming back to this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Believe what? In the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says he blinded their minds. They are, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news, which is the gospel. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, here's the thing. This is what you need to understand. The Bible says that Satan has blinded their minds to such a degree where they're looking right at the answer. And all they see is problem. And when your mind is blinded, you can sit under the teaching of answers all day long, twice during the week. Take the tape and listen to it. But until the blindness is lifted, the answer will be right there and you can't see it. That's the way it works. And so you're frustrated. And you're saying, where's God? And God is like, I'm right here. And after a while, watch this. Now, God stops speaking to the problem. And he starts speaking to the root he starts talking to you. And you're like, God never talks to me about my problem. He only talks to me about my assignment. He talks to me about me. He can't talk to you about the problem. Because the problem is so complicated, he first has to talk to you about you to get your eyes open. And he uses you working in your assignment to get, your, to get the darkness lifted. So then he can redirect you and say, now let's look at the problem. The, you're too close to this thing. There's a thing, there's a um, myopathy. Um, there's a stigma in the eyes where... 
I don't know if, about you, but I had eye surgery. It's interesting. And uh, I have what's called monovision. They fixed my right eye, left my left eye bad. But the brain is tricked, and so I can look out and see things I couldn't see before. Then, I, then because my right eye takes over when it's time to look far, far out. When it's time to look close, my left eye takes over. Interesting, isn't it? The brain is amazing, but let me show you something. But there is a, a, a span of space I can see nothing in. Because the brain is, is so tricked in this situation, the eyes don't know which one is supposed to take the lead. So the eye that sees close saying, telling the eye that sees far, that's not my side. And the other one, the, the right eye saying to the left eye, that's not, so I can't see nothing up to a certain number. I won't tell you what that distance is because you may walk up on me and rob me. I don't know it's you. Everybody say blind spot. Every one of us have a natural blind spot. It's true. It's a blind spot. You can't see anything there. And the brain actually makes up the difference in that spot. Now, let me, let me tell you why I give you the example. The fact that you are dealing with a complication lends itself uh, to the notion that maybe you found your blind spot. Now, get this, get this. So, so go to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 12. I want to show you something. Since this new way gives such confidence, we can be very bold. Now, now um, I read this from the King James, so I have to be careful. Uh, give me King, J- King James, and I'll flip back to New Living Translation. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great what? Grace. We use what? Grace. Now, now, this is important. Help me out. We use what? Great what? Grace. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he said, listen. He said, we, the ministry that we have... He said, we don't have to use complicated words. He said, we don't just use plainness of speech. We use great, extremely simplified speech. We use great plainness of speech. He said, in other words, the things that we're saying to the people for God, we're not, I mean, this ain't hard. He said, we're saying it, just saying it. But here's what he starts to describe. Look at verse 13. He says this. And not as Moses, which would avail uh, over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. You don't need to understand all this. Look at verse 14. But their minds were what? Good. Now, give me New Living Translation. Preferably, it reads the same way. But the people's minds were hardened. That's the word they use for blinded. uh, blinded. And to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil, the same blindness covers their mind so that they what? Now, the word cannot in, in, in in the Greek... Is a word, it means they're powerless to understand. They have no power to reason it out. He said, and this veil can be removed only by what? The, the veil can only be removed by believing in Christ. But to believe in Christ, they have to understand the gospel. But they're blind to the gospel. How many see the complication? The only way it can be removed is by them believing in Christ. But the only way they can believe is, is to understand what the preacher's preaching. But they can't understand what the preacher's preaching because there's a veil over So your faith can open doors, it can do a lot of things. But faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, that's easy enough. Well, I preach easy and you hear easy. But no, I can preach an easy, easy word. But if your mind can't grasp it, then faith can't come. And without faith, it's impossible to what? You see how that works? It's a complication. Now, let me show you. So, so look at verse, uh, verse 15. He says this, 
Yes, even today when they read Moses, Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. Verse 16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is what? Look at verse 17. For the Lord is a spirit. Read with me. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is. Now, do you know the King James said wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Now, let me help you with this. Here's what it says. It says that God's some kind of way. That's why the Bible says by faith, uh, we say by, uh, by faith uh, through grace, uh, through grace by faith. Watch this. That not of yourself is a gift of God. What's the gift of God? The faith that you needed to get saved. That didn't come from you. No, that can't. God gave you a measure of faith just so your eyes could be open long enough to see it and believe it. Faith comes in. Now he can remove the whole veil legitimately. How many of you see how it works? Well, the same way God saved us in salvation, that's the way he's going to save you from this trap. That's the way he has to do it. Okay? Now, so, so um, go to... Well, let me, let me give you some, some definitions right quick. As complicated as things may seem, us- there's usually uh, one thing, one person, one problem, or piece of information that's holding the enemy's entire plan together. Think about your situation. He said, Pastor, anybody, just, anybody can think of a situation right now? He said, Pastor, it's just so complicated. Let me show you. Okay. Usually in a situation, a Satan setup that's complicated, there's usually one thing, one person, one part of the plan, or one problem, one piece of information that's holding the whole thing together. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Art Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.